In today's show, it's time to look at trades in fantasy basketball. Buy lows, sell highs, over and underperforming players, and of course, the one and only Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at basketballmonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at redrock underscore beeble on TikTok at redrock underscore beeble and on Instagram at locked on fantasy basketball. Today's episode is brought to you by Price Picks. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code locked on. That's pricepicks.com and the promo code is locked on. Thank you for making locked on fantasy basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Time to look at some trades, where the trade deadline go down. And putting together this show today was tough. There's been some weird situations happen. Obviously, players getting traded, players in larger roles than we anticipate, smaller roles than we anticipate as they get back to business. And finding a bunch of buy-low guys, there wasn't that many around. So in your fantasy trades, just be a little bit cautious of what you're doing this week. Don't try to search for stuff. Don't force trades that aren't there or that don't make sense because... Hey, I normally do five buy lows and five sell highs. I've only got four buy lows today because I just didn't want to push stuff that didn't actually make sense. So let's look back to two weeks ago. Warning. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> All right. Um, wasn't, a, wasn't as good of a buy low, sell high show, especially in the buy low side of it two weeks ago, but we're going to recap it and uh, show our work for what we did. Trey Jones, I had as a buy low. He was 195th. He's actually gotten worse since then, and he's gotten injured. Jesus. 195th down to 227th. That's really bad. Um, I do think that Trey is still a hold, but if you're in an 8 or a 10-team league, I wouldn't bother. If you're in a 12, I think I still would hold, and the question you're always going to ask yourself is, who else am I adding? Because it might be someone that's worth it, or is it someone that might pop for one game but probably won't, and you've already missed their best performance? So he's on the bubble for sure. I thought Paulo Bunkero would get better, and I was wrong with that as well. 158th he was, surely, surely. But no, he's 284th since then. Now, last game against the Bulls, he was really good, but he's really struggling with the lack of defensive stats in general with overall um, decreases in efficiency. Hopefully, the All-Star break is a good time for him to get back on track, but it's not good at the moment. The other ones, the other buy-lows and sell-highs actually worked out pretty well. It's just that when I looked at this list and the first two were on, they went, oh, that was, that's really bad. These ones are good though. Jakob Pertl was 139th, and I actually said buy low. This is before we knew he was getting traded, and I said there's a real opportunity here for him to get traded to Toronto and play more minutes, and he's been traded to Toronto. Has he played more minutes yet? Not yet, but I feel really confident that it's coming. He's already jumped up anyway. 139th to 92nd, I think he can push your best case into the 40s. That's best case. Um, well, actually, no, best case is in the 30s for him. I don't think he gets there, but if he starts playing Nick Nurse minutes, 35 a night, then that's where he goes. That was... It's already paid off as, as a successful buy low, I think. And I think it's going to pay off even further. Brad Beal was 110th. He's now 9th. Now, that's obviously swung too far in the other direction. But there was, at the time of this, a lot of hatred on Brad Beal with injuries. And he hurt his foot during that time as well. Um, he's putting up some really strong numbers at the moment. He's going to fall away from where we are here. But that's a, it's a strong buy low. And then Siakam was 86th. He was really starting to struggle. A lot of his numbers were down. His percentages were down. And now he's 37th. 
since then. So that one worked out as well. On the sell high show, we did have LeBron James. LeBron James. And this is the infamous. No, it's not infamous because I'm, I'm not famous or infamous at all. It was when I said, hey, once he breaks the record, uh, yeah, I think there's going to be some games set out. And he hasn't played since. Seventh he was per game, and he's 31st since. That's just per game. That's not even including the games missed during that time. I, I He's going to play on Wednesday, apparently. I do think the acquisitions they made might help LeBron, but I also don't think they're going to get anywhere past the play-in, and that might lead still to him having some games off down the stretch. I still stand by that. Chris Paul was eighth when we did this show two weeks ago. He's 59th now. There was a lot of what he was doing that was completely unsustainable. Devin Booker is back. Kevin Durant still hasn't arrived. Um, yeah, Chris Paul was never going to be that guy. Jalen Duran, the passport legend. Um, he was 22nd. He's 98th since. There's the specter of his ankle injury and the arrival of James Wiseman here. I'm still getting people asking, hey, do I add Duran? So he's on the waiver wire for some reason. I'm still getting people ask, hey, do I drop Duran? Which is still crazy to me. Like the, the reality is that he's in the like 50, like 60 to 90 range, I think, rest of season. But he's definitely dropped off. If you're able to trade him for a strong asset, then good work. Fred Van Vliet was 12th. He's now 34th. I would have taken a top 20 player back for him in a deal back then. Um, there was a lot that he was doing that was unsustainable also. And then Mike Conley was 44th. He is now 58th. That's not that big of a win. It's about a break-even sort of number in terms of value. And I think um, we saw his first game in Minnesota was a struggle, but his second game was really strong. Um, and he played like 32 minutes there. So I'm not sure that one's going to end up as a strong sell high or not. But overall, I think things worked out okay with those buy lows and sell highs. Overall, not the best week, but not too bad. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. You know what Prize Picks is, but if you don't, I'm going to tell you it's daily fantasy, but it's daily fantasy made easy. It's not you up against thousands of people with lineups and salary caps. It's you versus player projections. That's it. So you might come in and see Mike Conley set with a um, 10 and a half points. That's their thing. And you say, well, I think he will score more. So let's go more. Or you might see Rudy Gobert at eight and a half rebounds. And you go, hmm, I think it's a big game for Rudy today. So let's go more. And you put two to six of those combined into a lineup and you can win up to 25 times your money on your entry. No competing against other players, just you versus the projections. You can do these entries in under 60 seconds. It's safe and fast. You can do it in over 30 US states. You can do it in the majority of Canada as well. And you can do it for lots of sports. The NBA, you can do it for NFL. Well, actually you can't because the NFL is done. You can do it. You can wait for the NFL to come back in a few months. Um, you can do it for Major League Baseball starting up soon. NHL, PGA, golf, college uh, basketball, both men's and women's, soccer, WNBA when that starts, esports, NASCAR, tennis, MMA, boxing, and of course, the GOAT, disc golf. So download the PricePix app or go to pricepix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, PricePix will give you $100. If you deposit $50, PricePix will give you $50. Don't forget to enter the promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. Let's look at buy lows. Um, all right, this one, is it contradictory? Maybe. Um, I think I am a TH. T to the H. Yeah, TH for life. And you're well aware that I have been banging on and banging on and banging on about Tobias Harris being a sell high all season. Um, so I said, look, what he's doing just isn't based in anything he's done in the past and a lot of weird things are happening and I expect a drop-off still. And the drop-off's coming. Now I'm telling you, well, maybe he's a buy low. And I, I stand by both of those things. If you sold high when he was putting up top 50 numbers and you got a top 70 guy back, congratulations. It's going to be a massive W for you. 
But if you're also able to get him for nothing now, I think it's a W for you as well. Now, there is a big chance here that this doesn't work out and he actually becomes a droppable player because Tobias is 156th over the last two weeks in category leagues and 147th in points leagues. He's averaging an absolutely putrid 23 fantasy points per game, which is down from 30 for the season. One of the big things that he was doing all season was shooting the three ball really well. And over the last two months, he's been dreadful. In fact, over the last two weeks, he's at 27% from three. That's brought his overall numbers down to 37% from the season. I do believe, though, that Toby can at least be a 36 37% three-point shooter. So there's going to be a bounce back coming here. And he might have a stretch of 40 41% to get the number back up. I also believe that... I, I, look, there's a chance he only plays 30 minutes a night moving forward. That is distinctly possible. But I also don't think when we look at Toby Harris that he's going to average 9.7 points per game because that's what he's done. Like, that is really low usage. And we worried about the usage. Maxi, Harden, Embiid. I said this a lot at the start of the season. He's Like, he's not going to get touches. Right? 15 usage, 16 usage is distinctly possible for him rest of the season. But under 10 points is not. He's averaging 15 points a game. There's a big jump up there. And I'll, I'll use this one here because I think it's important to illustrate. So much of this season, he was floating by on so many big steal numbers, which he has never done. He has never been a guy that even gets to a steal a game. And now it's dropped off. He's at 0.7 steals over the last seven games. He's actually at 0.7 steals over the last two months, but he's still averaging one steal per game. So he showed an ability to do it. Now, I'm not saying that I expect him to average 1.1 steals for the entire season or anything like that. But the fact that he did do it early on, he's dropped back off. It doesn't preclude over the final you know, 30 games of the season, 25 games of the season, that he could have another run of 1.2 steals per game. He's already done a run like that this season. Then he's had a 30-game gap where he's averaging half a steal, but he could get it back up. Now, in saying all of this with Harris, like, don't expend much to get him. I, I think he can become droppable. I think that's distinctly possible. But in a deeper format, in a 14-team league, yeah, if you can get him for an expendable pair of players in a 12-team league, do it. Remember, it's all about maximizing value. If I say that I think Tobias Harris is a buy-low player, or a sell-high player, it's all relative to what's currently happening because a lot of us, me included, have, have pea-sized memories. If we look at a girl, well, that happened yesterday, so that must be what it means moving forward. And that is how you take advantage of this stuff. As long as you just step back and have a look and go, ah, all right, maybe some of this stuff's not real. Let's go to the next buy load is Drew Holiday. He's 83rd over the last two weeks in categories, 58th in points leagues. He's averaging almost 34 fantasy points, but that's down from 38 for the season. And you could immediately look immediately look at this and go, well, that's because Chris Middleton's now playing Josh, so he's losing out. And yes, that is true. Some of the stuff that he was doing early season where he was top 20, and about three or four weeks ago, we had him on the, the sell high show because he was running at like 18th or something. I said that this is probably not going to stick with him. But it's not just about that. It's not just about Chris Middleton. It's about a few other things because there are things that aren't related to Chris Middleton. So he's doing the thing, the double whammy, the triple whammy. Less opportunity, worse production, but not minutes-related production, not usage-related production. They're the important caveats. If you go, well, everything is the same for Drew, except now instead of getting 27 usage, which is probably a fake number, yeah, he's at 25. Instead of 25 usage, he's at 22, which is the difference. He's at 22 usage over the last two weeks versus 25 for the season. But if every other rate statistic was the same, you'd go, well, this actually isn't improving. It's just the fact that Middleton's back, so he's taking fewer shots. All right, and, and you can say the exact same thing here for assists. 5.7 assists over the last two weeks, 7.1 for the season. Maybe Middleton's impacting that. Middleton's not impacting the fact that he's shooting six percentage points fewer from two-point range. He's at 52% for the season. Over the last um, six games, he's down at 46. That's a really low number for Drew, who's always been over 50. Really, really low. 
and that's impacting his overall field goal percentage, which is down under 42%, which then in turn impacts his scoring, which is down under 17 points per game when he's averaging over 19 for the season. The other one that's really interesting as well, and while this is a factor of usage, one free throw attempt per game. When a lot of your strength is baked into the fact that you're hitting his free throws at 86%, and he's only averaging 2.7 for the season, not a huge amount, but 1.2 is an unfathomably low number. This guy has always hovered around 2.7. If you look at his free throw attempts, 2.7 this season, last season, 2.7 the year before, 2.3 the year before, 3. Like That's always the rate he's been in. Last six games, 1.2. So you're talking under half of a usual attempts at the free throws. And when one of your strengths is being a really good free throw shooter, you need to get to the line for that to make an impact. So field goal percentage or free th- yeah, field goal percentage, two-point percentage, well down. Assist down, maybe that doesn't bounce back up. And free throw attempts down, there is room for him to improve. I think he can be maybe like 40th rest of season. I think that's a chance. I think that we can get him um, into, that, into that area. But at the moment, you might be able to go just a little bit cheaper on what um, on what the price is of acquiring Drew in a trade. If we go to old mate Paul George for the Clippers, he's 55th over the last two weeks. Paulie, 39th in points leagues. Averaging 39 fantasy points, which versus 41 for the season. That's not that big of a difference. Okay, that, that's obviously not that big of a difference. But in category leagues, he's the 19th ranked player for the season, but he's well down at 55. Why? What is happening? Where Where's the drop-off coming? Well, number one, two-point percentage. He's down at 48% versus 52. Might not seem like much, but when you're on such a large volume that Paul George is, that has a big impact. He also hasn't blocked a single shot in the last six games. Not one. He's not a shot-blocking expert by no means. He's averaging 0.4 per game. He averaged 0.4 last season, 0.4 the year before that, 0.4 the year before that. Safe to say, he's a 0.4 blocks per game player. But zero? Zero blocks? That's like, obviously nothing. That's a a substantial negative. If you're at 0.4 blocks per game, in a week, you might expect one to two blocks coming from Paul George. If you're at zero, you expect zero. And again, blocks are not a big category. You might get... 35, 36 blocks a week to be competitive in that area. Maybe you get 40 blocks a week. And if someone's not giving you two of them, it is important. It is important. He's also, for some reason, not hitting free throws. Now, Paul George, one of his strengths has always been legendary free throws. And now, over the last six games, 73% on almost four attempts per game. So free throw attempts are down, but just not hitting them. And when you turn from a guy that was shooting, his true shooting has been, what is it, 59 for the season, and you're down at 54 over the last six, it's not going to cut it. It's going to drop you way off. So it's just shooting for him. Two's down, free throw's down, even threes are down at 37%. That will all turn around. I have pretty strong confidence. The last buy low I'm going to do is Jezza Grant of the Portland Trailblazers, and he's been featured on this show quite a few times as well. He's now on the buy low side, 124th over the last two weeks, dealing with a concussion, 118th in points leagues. He's averaging just 26 fantasy points versus 33 for the season. And we've been talking, and I talked so many times about it. Hey, what Jeremy Grant's shooting 45% from three guys. He's the fourth best three-point shooter in the league. It is not going to stick. And guess what? It hasn't stuck. But as so often happens in these scenarios, is it swung wildly in the other direction. And over the last two weeks, he's shooting 25% from three. He's still at 41 for the season. I don't believe that Jeremy Grant's a 41% three-point shooter. 37, 38, by, that's fine. That's where I sort of see him. But 25 is ridiculous. That is going to bounce back up. And after that ridiculously hot start, he's only shooting 38% from three over the last three months. But this is really taking it to a new level. Also, for a guy that's 
this three and D wing player. Get me some D, my guy. That sounds terrible, but you know, he's at point two steals over the last six games. It's two steals across the last two weeks. He's only averaging point eight because his value as a, as a three and D. Even go man, power forward, three and D wing, like he averages four rebounds and point out steals. He's bad at a lot of those things. And nearly all of his value comes from efficiency and points. That's it. But at the moment, even that is way down. 0.2 steals and 16.5 points versus 20.5 points. So the points are well down. Yes, there is a usage drop. He's down under 20%. Simons has taken up some more usage. Those guys sort of go back and forward in terms of usage. I think that'll normalize for him. I think the three-point shooting will normalize back to mid to high 30s. And I think the, the steals, they, we're going to get more than 0.2 a game, surely. He's not a one steals per game guy. He's a bad steals guy in terms of overall average value in the NBA. But 0.2 is like putrid. That's uh, you know, Boyan Bogdanovich level. Of, is Boyan that bad at steals? No, he's that bad at blocks. But it's way down the list. So Jeremy Grant, at the moment, while he's hurt, he's been 70th for the season. Um, I think a realistic thing is more 85th to 90th for him rest of season. But you can get him now for someone outside the top 100, considering he's hurt. If someone's panicking about the concussion, yeah, I would, uh, and the recent form, I would uh, be considering to do that. Today's episode is also brought to you by the legends over at Built Bar. We love a treat. We love protein. Well, maybe we don't, but we should because protein is really good for you, especially when you're at the gym. Now, me, I'm a, a gym legend, absolutely jack legend thighs the size of tree trunks, and that's because of Bilt Bar. Because whenever I feel like a snack, instead of reaching for an old sugary candy bar, I don't want one of those. What for? Too many calories, too many, um, too much sugar. I just get a Bilt Bar because it's jam-packed full of protein, but it also tastes bloody good. They're covered in 100% real chocolate, and I just love the taste of them. Simple as that. And it's something that I, I can know that I'm doing something good for my body by getting like 17 grams of protein in a bar, but only taking in a really small amount of calories. And now you don't have to be like me and order them through Built.com. You still can. Built.com exists. It's not going away. But you can actually just wander straight into Walmart. And there they are. Pharmacy section, Built Bars, four bar boxes. You've got the coconut puff flavor, cookies and cream, and double chocolate. Or you can go to Sam's Club and get the big boys, the 13 bar boxes of churro and of brownie batter flavor. So go to Built.com, go to Walmart, go to Sam's Club, and order your Built Bars. Built Bar is built different. Let's go on the other side now. We've got some sell highs to take a look at. Darren Fox, so much of fantasy is writing trends, understanding how things work together, but also understanding people's psyche and the way they value players. Darren Fox, there's a lot of buzz about Darren Fox at the moment. All-star replacement. So he's in there, name name uh, in, on people's lips. Everyone is talking about, I'm sure you've heard it, Darren Fox, clutch king. He's going to win the clutch player of the year award. Um, scoring you know, 26 points in fourth quarter and overtime in the last game. So everyone talks about that. They love it. We hear it all the time. Therefore, you sell high. He's 11th over the last two weeks, 8th in points leagues. He's averaging a whopping 10 fantasy points more than he's averaging for the season. And that's not to say his season's been bad because it's been really good. But averaging 50 points versus 40 points is a um, a sizable difference. So how is this happening? What is changing for him? Is he playing more minutes? Yes, three extra minutes per game. Some overtime stuff in there, that's no problem. But also 10 free throw attempts per game. 10 is a number that very few players are able to sustain. And I'm not sure De'Aaron Fox is one of them. He's at six for the season. So it is a sizable, sizable difference. And the reason he's got there is 14 and 14 in the last two games and 10 the game before that. Like they are some big numbers. And for a guy that's been unreliable at free throws in the past, he's hitting them 84%. So it is the double whammy in the one category. He is getting to the line a ton and he's hitting them at a tremendously good rate. And of course, 
The more free throws you hit, the more you score. So he's 24 points per game or up to 29 points per game. Now, I think 24 points per game is a little low for Fox. He might be a 25, 26 guy rest of the season. But I don't feel good about saying he's a 29% player. Now, in saying all of this, to be fair to Fox, he's shooting 17% from three over these five games, which is dreadful and is going to improve. But I'm not sure that it's going to stay as high or it's going to come up as high um, as it has been in the past and tied in with big free throws and big field goals. He's at 60% from two. Now, 57% from two is his number for the season. Really, really strong. That is way up from where he's been in the past. He was at 52 last season. I'll give it to him. He might stay at 56 to 57. 60% from two on 16 two-point attempts per game is a staggeringly good number, and it just feels unlikely to stick. He's also averaging almost one and a, or over one and a half assists extra per game over this time frame. And the 1.1 steals he's averaging, well, that's up to 1.8 over the last five games. So he's doing everything. More free throws, better free throw percentage. Higher two-point percentage, um, way more steals, way more assists, way more minutes. If you can get a top 20 player back for Darren Fox, if you can get a top 30, 30 player, probably, I would do it. I don't think that he can remain as a top 30 player rest of season necessarily. But I would definitely pull the trigger on a top 20 guy. Definitely pull that. The burner, Jalen Brunson. The reason I know that this is a good sell high um, is because I wrote this yesterday on my Basketball Monster box score comments and someone saw it and decided they had to make a comment on it. This is not no offense to this guy at all, but it just it shows why I am really confident in this being a sell high. So he went, Jalen Brunson, a sell high. Is this a joke? LOL. And that is exactly the person that you sell high Jalen Brunson to. Because Jalen Brunson is dominating. He's the 17th ranked player over the last two weeks. He's 13th in points leagues. He's averaging almost 49 fantasy points versus 39 for the season. So there's a lot for me to look at and go, well, he has been excellent and he has exceeded every one of my expectations. And there is no question about that. I had him as like a 55 to 65 ranked player start of the year. He's killed that. He's dominated. He's playing tons of minutes. He's been awesome. But let me tell you what he isn't. A 51% three-point shooter. He's shooting 42% from the, for the season from three, which is also pretty high. But over the last seven games, uh, 51%. Just not going to stick. He's also shooting 49% from three over the last two months. There could be a disgusting regression for your fantasy playoffs. That doesn't mean that it's going to happen, but he's been rolling at insane levels for months and it is going to cool off. Nobody is a 49% three-point shooter. Nobody is a 50% three-point shooter. And I worry, three weeks of fantasy players, what if he has a 30% run? And it's going to hurt. He's also hitting his two-pointers at, you guessed it, a stupid number. He's at 51% on twos for the season over the last seven games, 60. This makes his true shooting 69%. Giggity. This is nothing to do with minutes. He's playing 39 a night. Yep, he might do that. This is not really much to do with usage. Is it 29 usage? Cool. He can stick that. But usage combined with insane twos, insane uh, three-point percentage, and also nine free throw attempts per game. He's at five for the season, almost six. Like that nine per game is just not likely to be able to continue. He did it because he had 15 in one game, 12 and 10. And then there's five, five and eight mixed in there. So some really big games, but that's just not the likelihood from him. In his last seven games. He's had three double-digit free throw attempt games, and the one prior to that was on the 9th of January. So he just doesn't do it. But it's just all come in a big big bunch here. And again, you use 
um, narratives, you use people's uh, current opinion and replies to things to try and sell high. Because if I label him a sell high and someone goes, what are you talking about? This must be a joke. Well, there you go. Would you like him for a top 20 player back in exchange? And if they and they might be like, well, yeah, why not? Look, he's dominating. And then you go, thank you very much. You probably can't get him for a top 20, top 25, top 30, maybe. There's just a lot here. Maybe not the free throw attempts. Probably the free throw attempts. The three-pointers absolutely is falling. And the two-point percentage, that's fallen as well. Let's go to the next one. Maximum Derek. Oh, yeah. He is maximizing. He's the 27th ranked player, Derek White, over the last two weeks, 37th in points leagues. Why? Well, obviously, a couple of reasons. Uh, Marcus Smart is out, number one. Now you got Jalen Brown out. When this team was healthy, admittedly, hasn't happened. He played like 15 minutes. I'm going to go back and actually check what that game was. Yeah, he played 18 minutes and had one point. Moved to the bench for one game. When they got their healthy lineup, the first lineup of Smart, Brown, Tatum, Williams, Horford, White moved to the bench, played 18 minutes. And then I think Smart got hurt and he moved straight back into the starting lineup. He's putting up unbelievable numbers. He's averaging 36 minutes a night. That's up from 27 for the season. There are two guards out and Brogdon missed last game as well. And now Tatum's out. You have got a huge window here. And I love Derek White, as you're well aware. I think he's a very good player. Who This is this sort of production is the sort of stuff I thought that if he was given that opportunity, which he, he really wasn't, if he was given that opportunity in San Antonio last season, he could have been this guy. But they, they focus more on DeJounte Murray. Totally fine. DeJounte Murray is probably a better player than him. But this is not outrageous in terms of getting the opportunity. He's just not going to get this opportunity. He's also shooting 49% from three over the last two weeks. 49. He's shooting 39 this season, which is still really high, but 49 is going to drop off. He's also almost doubled his assist from 3.7 up to 6. Why? Because Marcus Smart is out. And when Marcus Smart was playing, White was playing like a shooting guard type of role. There is just so much here that I have no faith in. And when they are healthy, if they are healthy, he might play 24 minutes a night. And he's not even a 12-team league guy. Sure, maybe banking on their health is not the best thing. But also... The fact that everyone's been out for all this time means that you're probably going to have a stretch that's more than one game of all of their starters being healthy. Meaning in that stretch, Derek White's minutes go way down and you get nothing out of him. If I could get any top 50 player back, any top 60 player back, any top 70 player back for Derek White, I would do it. Joshy Richardson. Again, using current trends. Man, did you see what Josh Richardson did last game? That was awesome. They really need a player like that. Now that he's back, I think I think he's from New Orleans. I think this is the uh, he's back home. He's going to dominate. He was really good yesterday. Yes, CJ McCollum was out, and Herb Jones had foul trouble. And then you tie that in with the ranking of Richardson, forty second over the last two weeks, sixty third in points leagues, averaging thirty three fantasy points versus twenty two for the season. And there are some pretty easy ways here. Now you see, a tw- I don't even think he's a must roster twelve team league guy. He can be. You can be someone you try for now, but I don't really have faith in that at all. But if I can get any top hundred guy, I'd do it. 2.8 steals he's averaging over the last five games and one block. Now, he is a solid steals guy and a solid blocks guy. Nobody's this. And this is floating all of that value. He's also playing 30 minutes a night versus the 24th the average for the season. And I don't really think he's playing 24. He might even play 24 a game every night for the Pelicans. Again, do the 240-minute game. CJ, Herb, Trey, Ingram, Najee, Jose Alvarado, Nansen Valanciunas, Daniels when he returns. How's Richardson playing 30? let alone 24, let alone averaging three steals and a block. None of it's happening. Just get anything you can. Any any top 100 guy you can, get it. Any top 110 guy, get it. The last guy we look at 
is in Orlando. And that's another player that I really like. And it's Markel Fultz. But we have to always be realistic about what's happening. Fultz has been so impressive to me this season. He's 60th over the last two weeks, 77th in points. He's averaging 31 fantasy points versus 29. There are a few things here. Look, I think that he should. they should be leaning into him a lot. And they are. And maybe this one's a little bit iffy. Because maybe they do just play him 33 minutes a night. But it's not just about the minutes. He's at 33 versus 29. That is a big increase. And they've still got Suggs there. There's still Cole Anthony there. There's still Gary Harris there who can impact him. But one of the big things to me is he has been pretty poor at free throws for most of this time. 76%. That's not a huge negative, but it is a negative. But over the last seven games, he's at 94%, turning a huge negative into a huge positive. Or sorry, turning a negative into a positive. He's also shooting 60% plus on twos when he's at 53 for the season. Could he settle in at 55? Yeah, I think he could. Will he? I, I, I don't know, but I don't think he'll finish at 60. And both of those things tied together are not likely to happen. Now, again, like De'Aaron Fox, his three-point shooting is disgusting. He's shooting 10% on threes. He's also just not really taking any at all. Only 10% of his shots are coming from there. And he's at 29% for the season. He's not hitting any threes at all, but that's not really a volume of his shots. It's all about twos, and the free throws are really helping, and they are just dragging his numbers up. I think he's a top 90 player rest of the season. If I could get top 75 back in a trade, I would. Otherwise, I would just probably hold it and enjoy it. And that's probably the most realistic situation here. I just wanted to point out that Fultz is rolling at the moment. And it's always it's always going to happen in, in one spot. It's going to happen in one league where someone overreacts, someone overvalues. It's not going to be for everybody. And it doesn't mean you're in a taco league. It just means that someone overreacted to something that happened in a fantasy league or misevaluated a player. And it's always worth... It's always worth looking through it and seeing what offers are out there, seeing what you can turn your players into and seeing if someone wants to bite on it. It's not always going to happen, but it might happen. You just never know. And that will do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. And if you're here on YouTube, thumb it up and leave your comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.